This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Saturday, February 20th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. Whenever a species recovers under the Endangered Species Act, it's supposed to then be removed from the endangered species list. But for the gray wolf, that's not really happening. Jonathan Wood is a research fellow at the Property and Environment Research Center in Bozeman, Montana. We spoke last month. What is the status of the gray wolf right now as far as the Department of the Interior is concerned? Uh, Right now, the gray wolf is considered a recovered species. It's no longer um, listed under the Endangered Species Act, and management responsibility is up to the states. Uh, But that could change at any time. There's been lawsuits filed against that change, and the Biden administration has announced that it will review the decision to delist the gray wolf. Okay, so what, what does it mean that a species is recovered or has been recovered? So that's actually one of the longest running disputes under the Endangered Species Act that Congress didn't settle. Um, But most the general argument is that to recover under the Endangered Species Act means that you're no longer in danger of extinction. And by that metric, the gray wolf has recovered. Um, But a lot of conservationists, environmentalists want more. For, For them, recovery means that the species has largely recovered its historic range. And by that measure, the gray wolf's nowhere close. Uh, Gray wolves used to roam pretty much the entire United States. Right now, they occupy about nine states with a total population in the lower 48 of about uh, 6,000. Of course, there's a larger population in Alaska that has never been uh, considered endangered. Um, But if you're using that that test of has this species recovered to the point that it may have existed at two or 300 years ago, the gray wolf still has a long ways to go. And when you say a long ways to go, is part of that just bumping up against the fact that there are people living in a lot of places where the gray wolf might otherwise live? Yes, absolutely. The gray wolf has already got to the point where its recovery is starting to impose real costs on people. Um, And it's considered to be at its carrying capacity in many of the places where the gray wolf is now found. Um, Now, what those costs are, uh, are gray wolves increasingly are um, consuming people's cattle and pets um, and, and similar uh, consequences for for ranchers and other rural property owners, and typically, uh, for when endangered species impose costs like that, there's essentially no effort uh, to minimize those costs or address landowner concerns. We, we basically treat that as well. You just have to deal with that. Um, fortunately, the gray wolf is one of the rare exceptions, and it's probably why the species has improved to the point that it has. Uh, the population today is about six times what it was when the species was listed in the 70s, and that's largely because states and private conservation groups have developed compensation programs uh, that offer to landowners essentially a deal of allow gray wolves in your area. We realize it's going to have costs, so we'll cover those. We will compensate you um, if you lose any of your cattle or any other property uh, to gray wolves so that we, the public that wants to see gray wolves come back and, and grow and retake their historic range, will bear the cost rather than putting that on you. So what it what typically when we think of a of a species that is endangered or threatened and those that's a distinction we'll we'll get into as well what does that mean So what it means under the law is a species is endangered if it's at an immediate risk of going extinct you're talking about the last population the last few um they could they could go at any time threatened is a more um proactive approach that allows species to be listed if they're not endangered today, and they may even be healthy and increasing, but there's reason to think that they could become endangered in the foreseeable future. Um, Lately, the most controversial listings under the threatened provisions of the Endangered Species Act are for species that are healthy today, but we anticipate may decline due to climate change. Okay. So when a species recovers 
according to the law, that does not end the controversy. Oh, not at all, because as I was saying earlier, a species can recover in the sense of the Endangered Species Act. It's no longer at risk of extinction, um, but not recover in the sense that conservationists have achieved all of the goals that they hoped. Um, so today, the, the existing gray wolf population is recovered in that it's not really facing ex any risk of extinction. Um, but if you want to see it retake more of the areas that it historically occupied, like areas in Colorado, um, there are none there now. Um, and so there's a lot more work to do if that's your goal. Uh, but the policy question is, does it make sense to keep them on the list uh, at this point, given the costs that it will impose on landowners and ranchers and many others? Um, one of the most interesting recent developments is the state of Colorado in the last election approved an initiative to bring wolves back um, to that state. Um, but once the lawsuits were, were filed to try to put the species back on the list, Colorado started warning, this is going to make it a lot harder for us to, to bring wolves back. Our plans depended on being able to go to ranchers and say, we hear your concerns. We're going to do what we can to address them, make sure that you're not bearing the cost. Um, keeping the species on the list gives a lot less flexibility to state wildlife managers to do those sorts of compromises. How cognizant is the new Biden administration of those concerns that state-level conservationists and private conservation groups would like to get in the game here and uh, actively work to preserve and help these species thrive and also uh, make them live in relative harmony with uh, landowners? It remains to be seen. Uh, on the first day of the new administration, President Biden issued an order calling for more than 100 Trump era rules to be reconsidered. And one of those is the delisting of the gray wolf. But I'm relatively optimistic that once that review is done, the administration will decide to keep the species delisted. And the reason for that is this has been an effort that's been in the way. Uh, for 20 years, across three different administrations, there's been a consistent view that this species has recovered. The next step in pursuing our conservation goals with it is to bring states back to the table and hand over authority to them. For landowners who have endangered or threatened species on their lands, what does that usually mean? Usually it means that they're going to bear the costs of those of, of those species. And what are the automatic costs of, of having those kind those species on your lands? So we treat them as liabilities rather than assets. A landowner who has an endangered species on the property will immediately see, immediately see the value of that property go down. And a lot of the activities that most of us take for granted with our own property will now require federal approval. Uh, which dramatically increases the expense of doing anything with your property, as well as the time it takes uh, to do things. So from the perspective of a landowner, um, a species is a liability that you want to avoid, which is getting the incentives exactly backwards. We should be doing and what we want to do is to incentivize landowners to restore habitat, to help participate as a partner in recovering species, but doing that requires positive incentives. You can't punish someone for doing the very thing that you want them to do. And yet for decades, that's essentially how the ESA has operated. And the results are exactly what you might predict. Less than 3% of the species listed in the Endangered Species Act has recovered. And that's mostly because of the bad incentives we're sending to private landowners. All right. So uh, altering those incentives, is is that on the table for uh, the new Interior Department? 
Possibly. I mean, obviously, Congress uh, wrote the law and has the primary responsibility for revising it. But federal agencies do have some flexibilities to pursue solutions that that provide positive incentives. For instance, for one of the gray wolf's cousins in New Mexico and Arizona, the Mexican gray wolf, uh, Fish and Wildlife Service has worked with states to compensate landowners for the presence of the species. So instead of just paying landowners if they lose a calf or a pet or some other property, uh, the state is going out its way to actually pay landowners to accommodate gray wolves so that you get more money if the local gray wolf population increases and you get less if it declines. And that's an even better way to align the incentives of landowners with the interests of species. Are there other species that have been recovered that have faced similar uh, controversies about having them delisted? And, and what are the incentives for groups that are interested in conservation, interested in species recovery? What are the incentives that, that those groups face? Uh, absolutely. Uh, a lot of species that have recovered continue to be stuck in litigation uh, to try to prevent the species delisting. And those species tend to be the charismatic megafauna, the kind that make kind of species that make for really good fundraising letters. So gray wolves, uh, grizzly bears. Um, you, you probably, if you've been on Twitter or signed up for for email accounts for major conservation groups, you've seen fundraising campaigns built around these species, and those are the hardest to delist. And in one sense, that makes sense. These are the species most people know and care most about, so you would expect greater interest in seeing them recover. Um, but at the same time, you can't incentivize conservation activities. You can't promote recovery unless there's a realistic off-ramp from the Endangered Species Act. Um, and fortunately, for species like the gray wolf, there has been that experimentation, that attempt to work with landowners to provide positive incentives. And the effects of those, those reforms speak for themselves. Jonathan Wood is a research fellow at the Property and Environment Research Center. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.